and welcome to the New City Church Podcast. I'm Benjamin Komanopoli Jr., pastor of New City Church Hyderabad. This is where you will hear messages preached at our church. It's my prayer that the incorruptible seed of God's Word will strengthen you, build you, and help you receive the abundant life that Jesus came to give you. Enjoy the Word and be blessed. All right, this morning, uh, we're going to talk about the power of God. Everyone say the power of God. For the last couple of weeks, we have been in this particular series called Knowing God. Everyone say Knowing God. And as we're talking about this particular series, um, uh, we, you know, we're, we're called, we've called this year 2024 the year of? The year of knowing God. And as we're talking about the year of knowing God, uh, guys, I'm getting a lot of bounce back with the volume maybe needs to go down, just check on that. Okay. So as we're talking about the year of knowing God, uh, we're understanding the various facets of God. We're beginning to uh, uh, walk through this journey of knowing God better than we've ever known Him before. It doesn't necessarily mean that you did not know God before, but what we're saying is no matter how much you knew about God, there is always a higher dimension and a deeper relationship that we can have with God. And we've begun and started that process. This will be the last message of this particular series. Uh, we're going to start a brand new series next week, and we're going to continue on this journey of knowing God even through that series. So over the last couple of um, weeks, we've understood and we've uh, talked about the fact that when the Bible uses this word know, everyone say no. It is talking about knowing God from a knowledge perspective and then knowing God from a relationship perspective and also knowing God from an experience. So perspective as well. We must understand God, not just with knowledge, but not just having a relationship, but it must also be knowledge, uh, relationship, and experiences that we have with God as we live this life on the earth. And then we began to say that three main ways of knowing God is number one, we know God through His Word. Everyone say through His Word. The second way we know God is through prayer. Everyone say prayer. And the third way we know God is through the person of the Holy Spirit. Everyone say the Holy Spirit. So we start the journey by knowing God through His Word. Every single one of us that has a relationship with Jesus right now, you have a relationship with Jesus because of the foundation, because of the truth, because of the revelation that you've received into your life through the Word of God. And now that you've got received that revelation, now that you have received that truth, you began the journey of your relationship with God. But the relationship or, or, uh, or uh, uh, the journey does not just end by you knowing about Jesus and what he's done for you on the cross. It continues to go to a places where we begin to have a deeper relationship with God than ever before in our lives. And as we begin to learn about God through His Word, the first area that we began to understand and know is His nature and character. We began to study the nature and character of God. And we at least got a brief idea and an understanding of the nature and character of God. If we do not understand the nature and character of God, we will always struggle in our relationship with God. Why? Because you will only have assumptions of who this God is. Unless and until you get to the place where you truly know the nature and character of this God that you serve, you will not truly be established in your relationship with Him. 
Because when you don't know the nature of, uh, of an individual, when you don't know the character of an individual, circumstances, situations, or something that happens in a moment of time, or something that is said about that individual will begin to have an impact on the kind of relationship you have with that individual. But when you know for a fact that they, I know this person's character, I know this person's nature, then even when you hear uh, uh, things that are contrary to that nature, your relationship is not shaken. Why? Because your relationship is not based on what other people say. Now you've gotten to a place where your relationship is based on you knowing the very nature and character of this person that you're dealing with. Are you understanding that? So even when it comes to the things of God, it's not enough just to understand that Jesus died for us on, on, on the cross. That is very good. But then as you live your life, when you are faced with challenges in your life, when you are faced with difficulties in your life, when, begin, when, when things don't make sense in your life, you don't understand why this is happening in your life. You don't understand why you're facing this challenge. You don't understand why things are not falling in place. In those moments, if you are not rooted and grounded in the nature and character of God, then you will begin to assume certain things about God. Right? You begin to assume certain things that are not necessarily the truth about who he is. So the first thing that we must understand is his nature and character, and we talked about that in, in the last couple of weeks. And then, once you know the nature and character of God, then you begin to understand, or you must begin to understand, the ways of God. Everyone say the ways of God. So we begin to understand his ways, which means not only do you expect or not only do you experience the works of God in your life, not only do you experience the miracles in, uh, in your life, not only do you begin to have testimonies in your life. Today we saw a, a wonderful testimony, but that just because uh, somebody has shared a testimony, now please understand this carefully, I'm not saying everyone that has a testimony doesn't know God, that's not what I'm saying. But at the same time, what I'm also saying is, just because you've experienced the grace of God uh, or the miracle working power of God in your life does not mean you truly know the nature of God or that you truly know the ways of God. Are you understanding that? See, because even in the life of Jesus, you will see that many people were healed, many people's lives were changed. But just because they were healed or just because they were changed does not mean they came to a place where they began to know the ways that he operates in their life. Are you understanding that? So even in the world uh, uh, that we live in today, you will see a lot of people, uh, uh, you know, they, they will come to God as a source or as a point of uh, meeting their needs in their life. So maybe they need a job, maybe they need healing, maybe they need family restoration, maybe they need a breakthrough um, uh, financially, maybe they need peace, maybe they need joy, and, and the list, list goes on. But, but a lot of times what happens is we, we come to God like we come to a genie or something, and then we get what we uh, want in our lives, and a lot of times what you will observe and a lot of times what you will see is if you are not mindful and if you're not intentional with your relationship with God, then the, even after you experiencing a, a, a breakthrough, even after you experiencing God's grace in your life, your relationship with God has not necessarily deepened or increased. Am I making sense? Right? So you will see certain people receive breakthrough, but then their commitment to the things of God actually decreases after receiving the breakthrough. They may have received, they may have gotten uh, uh, married, they were waiting to get married, they got married. But now because they're married, they don't have time for God. They were waiting for a job. Now that they got the job, now they don't have time for the things of God. 
Right? What happened? So the very thing that they were waiting on, the very thing that they were desperately uh, uh, praying for, once that came into their life, that was the very reason for why they did not continue to know God or know the ways of God in their life. Uh, a huge example in the, in the scriptures is, is in the Old Testament is the nation of Israel. Over and over and over and over and over again. You will see the grace of God. You will see uh, God's supernatural works in their life and in that nation. And what do we see over and over and over again? They did not get to the place where they began to understand the ways of God. So for us, as we are getting established in the things of God, as we continue to grow in this journey of knowing God truly for ourselves, it becomes vital that every one of us know not only the nature and character, but also the the ways of God. And then thirdly, the other thing that we must understand when we are knowing God is about his power. Everyone say his power. Come on, everyone say his power. Come on, say it like you have some power. Say his power. All right, so the third thing is we must understand the power of God, the power of God. And that's what I want to deal with today, the power of God. Open, let's open our Bibles to Psalm 62 and verse 11, please. Psalm 62 and verse 11. And it says, God has spoken once, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God. That power belongs to God. First Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 11. It says, yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. That first part of that verse, one more time. It says, yours, O Lord, is the greatness. You can read it this way. Yours, O Lord, is the power and glory. Yours, O Lord, is the victory and the majesty. Amen. So one of the things that we understand is from the get-go, as we uh, uh, lay a foundation regarding the power of God, we must understand, number one, that power belongs to God. Amen. That power belongs to God. The power, the kind of power that we're talking about, this only belongs to God. I know in the world that we live in that, that we also have a certain level of power. We also have a certain level of authority. There are things that we can get done. But I'm not talking about that kind of power. The power that we are talking about today, this power belongs to God. Amen? The first thing is that this power belongs to God. Now, let's look at a couple of other scriptures. Zephaniah chapter 3. Zephaniah chapter 3. Hallelujah. Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 17. It says, The Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. Everyone say, the mighty one. Now there are translations that will also say, instead of using the word mighty, they will use the word the powerful one. Right? The powerful one uh, uh, will save. Okay? So the second thing that I want us to understand, firstly, that power belongs to God, that he has this power. But then, how is this power being used? Here he says, the Lord your God is in your midst. That means he's not somewhere out there. That means he's with his people. That is not forgotten about his people. He's in your midst. The powerful one or the mighty one will save. Everyone say, will save. So the second thing that I want us to understand is that we are beneficiaries of the power of God. As children of God, 
as people of God, however you want to phrase that, as His church, we are beneficiaries of the power of God. A lot of times when we talk about awesome power, when we talk about something, a uh, power that goes beyond what is common, a lot of times that kind of power, people are afraid of that kind of power. When we even talk about powerful people, for example, a lot of the times when we talk about powerful people, uh, they, they don't, uh, it, it's, um, uh, when, when you think about examples, when you look through history and all of that, when you think about powerful people, you don't necessarily think about people that are uh, helping people or, or that their power is be, being beneficial for the lives of people. Whenever we talk about even through history, we will see that a lot of times uh, uh, powerful people became selfish and powerful people oftentimes oppressed people right? With the, they abused their power. But here we must understand that this awesome God that we serve with awesome power that he has, that we are beneficiaries of that power, all right? And, and go with me to Psalm 107, please. Psalm 107 and uh, verse 21. The Bible says, Oh, that men will give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men to the children of men. Now, the third thing I want you to understand, that God's works in our lives are a result of his power at work. God's works in our lives. So whenever you see, uh, again, once again, a supernatural thing happen in the lives of somebody, a door that is open that was, that was shut for a long time, a healing that took place, a, a miracle that took place, we must understand those are the works of God in our lives. But the works of God in our lives, they are a result of His power at work in our lives. That means something that was not uh, uh, accomplished in our own strength and ability, something that was not accomplished in our own power now, when something that gets manifested in our lives, it is a result of the power of God at work in our lives. All right? It's the power of God that brings those results in our life. All right? And, and, and write this down if you're taking notes. God desires that his people, sorry, God desires that his power be revealed in the lives of his children. God desires that his power be revealed in the lives of his children. In the lives of his children. That means even though we understand that power belongs to God, the desire of God is that that power be made manifest in your life. That evidence of his power be made manifest in your life. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3. And I'm laying a foundation with all of these scriptures. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3 says, Call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Great and powerful things that you do not know. So he says, Call unto me and I will answer you. And he says, And I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. So that means what is his desire? He's saying, Call me because I want to reveal these things to you. Call me because these things must be made plain in your lives. Call me, talk to me, talk to me and develop this relationship with me. Why? Because there are things that I want revealed in your life. There are things that I want to see being made manifest in your life. That's his desire. That's his desire. It's, it's so, so praying and believing God for more of his power being made manifest in your life, that's not a selfish desire. That's actually the desire of God. The desire that he has for his children is that his power be made manifest in our lives. Amen? 
All right. Now, when you look at that word power, this is how the, uh, uh, the, the dictionary defines power. Power is the ability or capacity to do something or act in a particular way. To do something or act in a particular way. All right. Now, when we're talking about the ability to do something or act in a particular way, we understand there are situations in our life where power is used, but it's common power. Uh, for example, in a country like ours, um, you know, as long as you're an Indian citizen, you have the power and the right to vote, right? You have that power. But that's, now, if you say, I have the power to vote, like nobody's going to be shocked by that. Right? You have the ability to get a job, for example. Nobody is going to say, we're not going to give you a job because of whatever the case may be. As long as you are qualified for that job, you are a candidate for getting that job. So you have the power. You have the power to go to school. You have the power to get educated. You, are the, you have the power to do certain things in life, but that's common power that almost everybody possesses. Right? That's how the world uh, uh, defines power. But what we are talking about, when it comes to the power of God, see, the power of God is responsible for unusual outcomes. Unusual outcomes. The power of God is responsible for supernatural outcomes or unusual outcomes. This is what separates the power of God from natural power. This is what is needed in the lives of every believer. Why? Because the, what, what, with the life that Jesus came uh, um, to give us and the life that we're supposed to live in, in this world is not supposed to be a life that is normal. It is not supposed to be life as usual. When you look at the life of Jesus, was his life a usual life? No. His, his birth was unusual. His life was unusual. His relationships were unusual. His, the way he spoke was unusual. The way he thought was unusual. The way he demonstrated uh, uh, the things of God and the power of God was unusual. Everything about the death, burial, and the resurrection uh, of Jesus was unusual. Everything about his life was unusual. Why? Because he worked and he operated with the power of God in his life. If you understand that, say amen. Right? So the power of God is responsible for unusual outcomes. We recognize power when unusual outcomes are seen and experienced. All right? Now go with me to Luke chapter 4, please. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. And let's pick up in verse 14. Luke chapter 4 and verse 14. And the Bible says, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. Now, for those of you in context, what is happening here, you can read the book of, uh, or the chapter, Luke chapter 4, and in, in context, the first 13 verses talk about him going into the wilderness to fast and pray. So after fasting and praying for 40 days, the Bible then says, then Jesus returned. Everyone say then. Then Jesus returned in the power. Everyone say power. He returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and the news of him went through all the surrounding region. Next verse, verse 15. Here he says, and he taught in their synagogue, being glorified by all. Now I want you to understand this. He, 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 after he fasted and prayed, he came back with power. Right? He returned with power, the Bible says, which means the Bible also talks about uh, days of his life where he already had the knowledge of God. He was already growing in the things of God. 
right? Because he, he was in the temple, he was with the elders, he was with adults, and he was discussing the things of God. However, that did not produce power. That did not produce power. So something else needed to be added to knowledge. Are you understanding that? Something else needed. He needed something else in his life before he began his ministry. And because he needed something else in his life before he began the ministry, so even though he had the knowledge of the old covenant, even though he was growing with, in favor with God and with man, as the book in Luke chapter 2 it says, and all of these two things were happening, but there came a time where he had to separate himself to receive something from the Father that will produce unusual outcomes in his life. Are you understanding that? How many of you are interested in unusual outcomes in your life? All right. Now, if you're interested in unusual outcomes in your life, that means the key to unusual outcomes is the power of God. It's the power of God. It's the power of God. It's not simply the grace of God. It is not simply other things. It's not simply having the love of God. The grace of God is important. It's a foundation. The love of God is important. Only by the love of God will you know how much he loves you, how much he thinks about you, and what kind of identity he has given you, and all of those things. But after all of those things are said and done, in order for us to have unusual outcomes in our life, in every single area of our life, the thing that is needed in our lives is the power of God. Everyone say the power of God. All right, so he comes back in the power of the Spirit and that's when his ministry began. Now, every believer must carry God's power in their life. If Jesus had uh, uh, carried the power of God, the uh, power of the Father in his life, then every believer must carry the same in their life. Now, let me also say this, even though I'm saying that he began his ministry after this, I don't want you to think that the power of God is relegated to only people that are in the ministry. Are you understanding that? It's not just for the people who stand here on Sunday mornings or during meetings and begin to preach. It's not just for the people who sing songs on the stage. No, it is for every believer. Everyone say every believer. Everyone say this out loud. Say the power of God is for me. Say it like you mean it. Say the power of God is for me. So we must understand that. See, everything that Jesus did, he did, as a, he did it as an example. He did not do it to show off to people. He did it to be an example for his followers. Amen? Luke chapter 24. Let's go there. Luke chapter 24. How important is this power? How, ne how necessary is this power? Pastor, do I really need to know the, uh, uh, the power of God? Do I really need to experience the power of God? Or is it enough for me to have knowledge of who God is or the nature and the character of God? Well, let's see. Luke chapter 24 uh, and verse 20 49. Luke 24 and 49. He says, And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with, come on, with, from heaven. So this is not power that comes to you from your office. This is not power that comes to you because of the family that you were born in. This is not power that comes to you by, uh, through, the, through politics or the government. This is power that comes from, come on, comes from, it comes from heaven. So Jesus is talking to the disciples and after all the ministry that they've seen, after all the supernatural outcomes that they've seen, after all the great and mighty things and how God was glorified through the ministry and through the life and through the work of Jesus, here he says, do not go anywhere until 
until everyone say until until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power fills you with power which means every single believer every single Christian must be filled not just with the love of God but you must be filled with the power of God you must be filled with the power of God. So this is what Jesus says to his disciples. And then you go to the book of Acts chapter 1, please. See, in other words, what he was saying is, don't just run with experience. Don't just begin to do with natural experience. Oh, I was with Jesus for the last three years, so I've seen him certain, uh, do, uh, I've seen him do certain things, so I have enough experience with this, so I'm going to start ministry. No. He says, don't start it with experience. Oh, I already know about Jesus. Uh, I, I've listened to all of his messages. I have knowledge of everything that he has spoken. Okay. But he says, I know you have knowledge, but don't just start ministry with knowledge. Don't just do whatever you've been called to do with experience and knowledge. He says, experience is good. Knowledge is very good. But then on top of all of those things, you must be filled with the power of God. Acts chapter 1 and verse 7. Here he says, and he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Verse 8, but you shall receive power. Everyone say receive power. Now when is this going to happen? He says, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, Look at what he says. He says, you shall receive power when the Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my, you shall be witnesses. Now, when you think about it from a natural perspective, the only thing you need to be a witness is knowledge. Am I right? Like as long as you can talk about something, you're good enough. So they, need, they had the knowledge and yet he says, you need to receive power power to be a witness. See, this is one of the reasons why, because we've neglected the power of God in our lives, and because we've never received the power of God in our lives the way we're supposed to, and we've not grown in the things of God or grown in, in, in our, the manifestation of the power of God in our life, this is the reason why many Christians have a tough time being a witness. I'm not talking about healing cancers. I'm not talking about raising the dead. I'm not talking about uh, getting somebody out of their wheelchairs. Just to simply witness to a friend. Just to simply witness to a neighbor. Just to simply witness to, to somebody that we've known for such a long time in our lives. We struggle to do that. Why? I believe one of the reasons why we struggle to be a witness is because of the lack of power. Is a lack of power. You may even have the desire, oh, I wish my friends are saved. Oh, I wish everyone in my family is saved. Oh, I wish so-and-so is saved. Yes, but do you witness? Oh, no, pastor. Why? More than likely, it's because of a lack of power for unusual outcomes. Are you understanding that? See, it's not because somebody that is actually a witness, it's not that they have more knowledge. You don't need too much knowledge to be a witness. I mean, how much do you need to know about God to be a witness? All you need to know is who Jesus is, why he came into this earth, why he died on the cross, and, and what are the benefits or the results of him dying on that cross for you and for me. That's all you need to know. 
There is, there, there is, you, you don't need theology, uh, a degree in theology. You don't need expertise. You don't need experience. No, no. That's all you need to know. Does everyone know those, the reasons for that? Who, how many of you know the, 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 the reasons for why Jesus came? That's it? Do you know the reason for why Jesus came? All right. If you know the reason for why Jesus came, why is it so hard to be a witness? When you know... Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. One of the reasons is because of the lack of the power of God in our lives. If you understand that, say amen. All right. So it is very important. We have a relationship with God. See, this is the reason why. We have a relationship with God, but we hide it. We never talk about it. We, we don't even want uh, uh, anyone in the office to know the fact that we're a Christian. Why? Why is that? Maybe, just maybe, it's because of the lack of the power of God in our lives. In verse 8, look at what it says. And you shall receive. Everyone say receive. Now, if you can receive something, you can also reject something. If you can receive something, you can reject it. One of the reasons is because of bad teaching, because of uh, um, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, customs and traditions that we're a part of, we, instead of receiving the power of God, we actually begin to reject the power of God in our lives. Go with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, and starting from verse 1. Here he says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Everyone say, from heaven. Again, when we were talking earlier, Jesus in, in the book of Luke chapter uh, 24, he said, you will receive power from? Power from heaven. And here in Acts chapter 2, they heard the Bible says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a, a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 3, then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat up upon each of them, and they were all filled. Everyone say, all filled. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So what we're understanding is in context of reading the other verses that we read from Luke and from Acts chapter 1, we understand that this is when the power was received by those believers. Are you understanding that? This is when the power of God was received by the believers. Now, here's what I want you to understand once again, that power is for every believer. The power of God is for every believer. Every single one of us are beneficiaries of the power of God in our lives. Go with me to Psalm 66, please. Psalms 66. Hallelujah. And even when I talk about the power of God, I don't want you to simply think about uh, uh, what you see in, in, in a uh, church service, for example. I don't want you to simply think about the power of God is, is you know, somebody uh, getting out of their stretcher or somebody uh, standing to their feet when they could not walk before or somebody had a headache and it's no longer there. Somebody had cancer, they no longer have it or somebody falling under the presence of God or the power of God. I don't want you to uh, relegate the power of God only to those situations. Remember, when we're talking about the power of God, I'm talking 
talking about unusual outcomes in your life. That means whatever, if you are a businessman, I want you to think about how the power of God relates to your business. If you are working in, 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 you know, in a corporate setting, I want you to think about how the power of God will, made, will be made manifest in that corporate setting. If you are a mother, father, you know, whatever it is, in your families, in your finances, how can you experience unusual outcomes as a result of the power of God being made manifest in your life? All right, Psalm 66 and verse It says, say to God, how awesome and fearfully glorious are your works. Through the greatness of your power, shall your enemies submit themselves to you. Shall your enemies. Now, how many of you understand? Your enemies submitting themselves to you is an unusual outcome. Are you understanding that? And he says, the way your enemies will subject themselves to you is, or submit themselves to you, is by the greatness of your power. Just simply by the greatness of the power of God in your lives, things that must be submitted to you will begin to submit to you in Jesus' name. Amen? Things that must be submitted to you will submit to you simply because of the power of God being made manifest in your life. Now, I want you to also think about the opposite. Is it possible that you're dealing with certain things in your life that you're not supposed to be dealing with in your life because of the absence of the power of God in your life? Are you understanding that? You're dealing with the enemy over and over and over and over and over again. It seems like that issue, it never quits. It seems like that that issue cannot be buried. It seems like that issue cannot be overcome. It seems like you keep going back to that place over and over and over again. Is it possible the reason you're going over and over and over that particular situation in your life, not because it's the will of God for you to go through that over and over again, but simply because of a lack of the power of God being made manifest in your life. See, the more we begin to understand the power of God, the more you begin to have faith for the power of God in your life, your enemies, whatever enemy that is. Now, I'm not talking about physical people. Everyone should understand that. But I'm talking about the enemies, the powers, the principalities and rulers of darkness, the the enemies in the things of the spirit. Ultimately, the enemy is the devil. That enemy, the demonic realm, everything that is standing against you, it will bow its knee when you begin to operate in the greatness of the power of God. Amen? All right, five truths about the power of God. Five truths about the power of God. Let's go. Five truths about the power of God. Go with me to Jeremiah 29, please. Sorry, 32. Jeremiah 32. Five truths about the power of God. Is this helpful? Are you learning something this morning? All right. Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse 17. It says, Our Lord God, behold... You have made the heavens and the earth by your, come on, by your, that was weak, that was, okay, let's try that one more time, okay? You made, you have made the heavens and the earth by your, praise God, that was powerful, all right, okay, let's try that one more time. You have made the heavens and the earth by your, By your great power and outstretched arm, there is nothing too hard for you. The first thing that you must understand regarding the, uh, about the power of God, the first truth is the power of God is used to create. The power of God is used to create. 
The power of God is used to create. Now, all of this goes back even when you begin to study Genesis chapter 1, when you begin to study John chapter 1, you begin to understand that the power of God is released through His Word. The power of God is released through His Word. So we understand that in creation, in all the uh, accounts of creation, we see that the Word brought forth everything that we see today. But the, 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 the foundation for all of those things to be uh, uh, you know, evident and, and for those outcomes to happen, we must understand it is the power of God that creates. So once again, here, here he said, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power. So the question is this, if the great power of God was able to create the heavens and the earth, the question is, what must be created in your life? What is it that is missing in your life today? See, when, when the earth was missing, when light was missing, he said, light be, and light was. Are you understanding that? When, when, when the earth was missing, when the planets were missing, he spoke, and the planets came into existence. When the sky was missing, he spoke sky into the existence. When animals were missing, he spoke animals into existence. When he, with the, the stars, everything that we see today, everything that we see in the planet, those are the things that he wanted, and by his great power, he made manifest everything that he wanted. Are you understanding that? So the question is this. If we're supposed to be imitators of God as little children, as it says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1, then the question is this. What's missing in your life? What's missing in your life? See, because sometimes we keep waiting on God. Oh God, when will you do this for me? 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 Now, instead of waiting on God, instead of asking God when he will do something for you, the question is, what is actually missing in your life? What is actually missing in your life? And what is it that you can do by the greatness of the power of God operating in your life? By the greatness of the power of God operating in your life. Why? Because we already saw, we already saw in the foundation that in the book of Acts, in the book of Luke, Jesus said very clearly, don't do anything until you receive power. But then they did receive power. They did receive power. And what happened as a result of them receiving this power from, come on, from where? From heaven. As a result of them receiving this power from heaven, what happened? Unusual outcomes was the order of the day. Unusual outcomes was the order of the day. Every single uh, disciple that you see, every single apostle that you see, every uh, person that, 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 that began to do the works of God and began to follow the purposes of God and the, and the destiny of God for their lives, what happened? Unusual outcomes was the order of the day for every single one of them. Why? Because everything that they did, they did it by the power of God at operation in their life. Hallelujah. So once again, the question is this, you must ask yourself, okay, what am I missing? What must be created in my life? For some of you, it may be a job. For some of you, that may, it may be a business. For some of you, it may be peace. For some of you, it may be joy. For some of you, it may be a godly relationship. For some of you, it may be uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, wisdom to, to, to take care of the relationships that you already have in your life. Whatever it is, what is it that is missing and what is it that you can do by this power of God being made available to you. By the power of God that has been made available to you. Go with me to 2 Peter chapter 1, please. 2 Peter chapter 1. Hallelujah. So the power of God is made available to you. So if God created the heavens and the earth with the great power, then guess what? Then you can create certain things in your life as 
Well, by the grace and the power of God at operation in your life. If you understand that, say amen. All right, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. The Bible says, and, has and his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by the glory and virtue. Again, the first part of that verse simply says, and his divine power. Everyone say divine power. Now, what did his divine power do? He says, the Bible says that, and his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Write this down. The second truth about the power of God, the power of God is the gospel. The power of God is the gospel. I know the scriptures also say that the gospel is the power of God and we'll get to that. But for our understanding, and because I want your minds to be renewed with this, I'm, I'm saying it the way I'm saying it intentionally. The power of God is the gospel. And we're talking, when we talk about the gospel, what are we talking about? Good news or bad news? Good news. Which means the power of God is good news. You don't have to be afraid of the power of God. Why? It's for you. We're beneficiaries of the power of God. Hallelujah. See, when we, when we see the power of God, when we learn about the power of God, when we see the manifestation of the power of God, we never have to be afraid of the power of God. Why? The power of God will never be used to harm us. The power of God will never be used for our destruction. See, when we talk about nuclear power, right? There are so many benefits of nuclear power. But again, at the same time, there is so much fear in the world regarding nuclear power. Why? Because of, of what can be done by people with extraordinary power who may not think the right way. Are you understanding that? So nuclear power can be used for destruction, awesome power. But at the same time, nuclear power can also be used for the benefit of many. And when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to the awesome power that God possesses, it is not for our destruction, but it is for our good. Hallelujah. It is not for us to be, uh, 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 live a wayward life, but it is for the manifestation of his divine purposes and plans to be accomplished in our life, irrespective of the challenges that the enemy throws at our lives. Hallelujah. So the power of God is used to, for, uh, to, to, to help us move ahead. So the power of God is good news. The power of God is the gospel. So here he says, by his divine power, he has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. If some, if, when we understand that everything has been given to us, is that good news or bad news? That's good news. That's good news. That means anything and everything that we will ever need in our life, the Bible says he has already provided for us by his divine power. There is good news for every single one of us. That means no matter what you are in need of in your life, the reality is this, that it has been provided for you. You don't have to uh, uh, doubt about it. You don't have to ask God for it and, and, and wonder, you know, will God give this to me? And, and does he have a desire to give this to me? No, as long as it is something that is pertaining to your life and godliness, the answer is always, it has been provided for you by his divine power. Everyone say divine power. Now, Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 gives us a better explanation or we begin to understand much more clearly what this divine power is. Here he says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? For it is the, come on, it is the, it is the power of God. Now, what is the power of God? The gospel is the power of God. The good news of Christ is the power of God. See, you, you, you don't necessarily think that is a powerful thing. You think like when you think about the grace of God or, or the love of God, you may not think that it is powerful, but it is supernatural power. 
So he, say, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also to the Greek. Hallelujah. Let's go to number three. John chapter one, please. John chapter one. Hallelujah. John chapter one and verse 14. Here he says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory and the glory of the only begotten father, full of grace and truth. Now, many of you know this scripture. Now, when the Bible talks about the fact that the word became flesh, who is he talking about? Who is he talking about? Jesus, right? It's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. But here's the question, how? How did the word become flesh and dwell among us? Go with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 and verse 35. Here the Bible says, And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the... Everyone look on the screen. And the... The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Mary says, how is this going to happen? And here he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power, the power of the highest will overshadow you. And when the power of the highest overshadows you, Mary, you are about to have an unusual outcome in your life. Something no eye has seen, no ear has heard. That's what's going to happen to you, Mary. Something that has never, ever been done before in all of time, is going to be done with you. Why? Because of the power of the Most High will overshadow you. How did the Word become flesh? By the manifestation of the power of God. Are you understanding that? So the third truth about the power of God is this, that the power of God causes manifestation. The power of God causes manifestation. The power of God causes manifestation. This is the difference between knowing certain things about God, knowing the promises of God, and sometimes you will see that you, will know, you have knowledge, you know the promises of God, and yet the manifestation is not happening. You're saying certain things, but it looks like your, 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 the words that you speak do not carry weight in the, thing, in the realm of the Spirit. How many of you experience that? Right? Everyone has quick manifestations? No? All right. Okay. So you said certain things and you don't see any manifestation. Why is that? It's not a lack of knowledge. Sometimes it can be a lack of knowledge. Sometimes it's just that you are parroting somebody else. Somebody does not true faith. But at the same time, it's not just about a, a, a lack of knowledge. Sometimes you have the knowledge, but you, do, but you do lack power. But you do lack power. See, that's why in, 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 uh, uh, even in the New Testament we see that the, the disciples began to do, uh, um, you know, amazing things, awesome things, unusual outcomes, unusual miracles, and all of that. And some people tried to copy. Some people tried to speak the same words that were being spoken by the apostles. And what happened? Nothing. In fact, in one instance, we see that the, de the, the, the demons that they were trying to cast out were the very demons that began to attack them. The sons of Sceva. Right? What happened? They, they, they copied, they did the exact thing. Oh, that's what you're saying? Okay, we're going to say the same thing. And guess what? Nothing happened. In fact, horrible things, worse things began to happen in their lives. Why? Because they said it and did it without 
power. Everyone say power. See, every disciple that you see, they operated in the power of God. And that's why you saw unusual miracles and unusual outcomes in their lives. So again, I want you to understand, this is not uh, uh, just about, oh, let somebody else have the power. No, I want you to understand today that the power of God is a necessity for every believer. A necessity for every believer. This is not an optional thing. And if I have time, I'll show you. See, without the power of God operating in your life, you will not reach God's destiny for your life. You will not. Why? Because you will not be able to overcome the challenges the enemy throws at you. You will not be able to withstand the attacks of the enemy in your life. So the power of God being made manifest in your life, the power of God being operational in your life is not an optional thing. If you are a believer, it's an absolute necessity to have the power of God operating and manifesting in your life. If you understand that, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. All right. So the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the way the word became flesh there, you must understand the word must become flesh in your life as well. Are you understanding that? The word must become flesh in your life as well. Yes, you understand that God heals. Now it must be made flesh in your life. Yes, you know God wants you to prosper. It must be made flesh in your life. Which means what? It must manifest in your life. It cannot stop with simply having knowledge. It must manifest. Amen? I said amen? So as you grow in the knowledge of God, regarding the power of God, and you begin to have faith for the power of God, I believe that every one of you will begin to have supernatural, unusual manifestations in your life in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, Matthew chapter 8, please. Matthew chapter 8, the fourth uh, uh, truth regarding the power of God. Matthew chapter 8 and starting from verse 1. It says, And when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Look at verse 3. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately, everyone say immediately. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Immediately the leprosy was cleansed. Here's what you need to know. The fourth truth, the power of God restores. The power of God restores. The power of God restores. It can restore your relationship. It can restore your finances. It can restore your bodies. It can restore you in any and every area and situation of your life. The power of God restores. The power of God restores. Hallelujah. See, this man was a man with leprosy, which means he was not born with it. Which means there was a way in which he used to live, but then leprosy attacked his body. And now, as a result of the power of God being made manifest, what happened? He was restored to proper health in his body. Amen? Luke chapter 13, and starting from verse 11. Here he says, And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. Everyone say 18 years. Now, here's what I want you to know. This aspect of the fact that, you know, time heals or everything will be set right with time. No, it won't. When you are bound by the things of the Spirit, when you are bound by the enemy, you need supernatural deliverance from those things. You need supernatural deliverance from those things. See, when you are not supernaturally delivered, when you, when you only rely upon time, 
See, people talk about the fact that, oh, time heals all wounds. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It just covers. It's still there. Unless you receive the power of God to uproot the things that were done to you or in your life. When your heart was broken, when somebody said something negative about you, when somebody began to spread lies to you, when somebody, something happened in your life and your heart was broken and you were damaged in some way, shape or form. Don't just think, oh, as long as I get through this year, as long as I get to two more years, three more years, I will heal. Time does not heal. Time does not heal. You need the power of God to operate in your life so that everything that must be uprooted in the spirit. Everything that must be uprooted in the things in the unseen realm will be uprooted so that you can actually be properly healed before you move on to other things and other areas of your life. See, this is one of the reasons why something might have happened in somebody's life years ago, decades ago, and it begins to manifest in somebody's marriage. It had nothing to do with the spouse that you're married to, but something else happened in your life. And now the manifestation is happening here. Why? Because time passed on, but the healing did not take place. It was just buried year after year after year, layer after layer after layer. Things were buried, but it was not removed. Are you understanding that? And you need the power of God to remove those things and, and uproot those things in your life. Here he says, and behold, there was a woman who was suffering with this infirmity for 18 years and was bent over and, and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him <coughs> and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her. And immediately she was made right and glorified God. Everyone say immediately. See, in both of these situations, there was manifestation immediately. There was manifestation immediately. And by the way, sometimes we have this question asked like, Pastor, why do you lay hands on people and pray when you pray? When people come forward to the altar, why do you lay hands? Because Jesus laid hands and even the disciples laid hands. That's why we just follow the same example. Jesus laid hands and there was power in the laying on of hands. And then the disciples laid hands and there is power in the laying on of hands. And so even today in the church, we lay hands on people when we Pray. Does it mean you always have to lay hands and without laying on of hands you cannot pray? No, absolutely not. But when you do have the opportunity to do lay hands on somebody and pray for them, then we take that opportunity and we lay hands on them and pray for them. Hallelujah. So once again, here we see unusual outcomes that were happening in their life. Hallelujah. All right, go with me to Luke chapter 4, please. The fifth reason or the fifth truth regarding the power of God. Luke chapter 4. Four. Luke chapter 4 and starting from verse 31. And the Bible says, and he descended. Oh, give me one second. Or, yeah. Luke chapter. Let me go back. Oops. Okay, Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4 and verse 31. And it says, and he descended to Capernaum, a town of Galilee. And there he continued to teach the people on the Sabbath days. And and they were amazed at his teachings, for his word was with authority and ability and weight and, and power. Verse 33, now in the synagogues, they, there was a man who was possessed of foul spirits of a demon. And he cried out with a loud voice. Uh, uh, verse 34, ah, let us alone. What have you uh, to do with us? 
Jesus of Nazareth. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked, everyone say rebuked. Jesus rebuked him saying, be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown the man down in their midst, he came out of him without injuring him in any possible way. And they were all amazed and said to one another, what kind of talk is this? For with authority and power, he commanded the foul spirits and they came out. Unusual outcome. He spoke and the demons obeyed. Here is the fifth truth. The power of God enforces compliance. The power of God enforces compliance. The power of God enforces compliance. That means not only are, are things that normally obey you, should they obey, but even your enemy should obey you. Here, the demonic realm obeyed the voice of Jesus. Anything that he said, they simply obeyed. So again, verse 36, he said, For with authority and power, he commanded the foul spirit, and they came out. And the rumor about him spread into every place in the surrounding country. The power of God will cause demonic spirits to obey. The power of God will cause the demonic spirits to obey. Mark chapter 4, and starting from verse 39. Here he says, and he rose and rebuked the wind. Many of you know the story, Jesus and the disciples in the boat. And he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? That's compliance. That's compliance. Even the wind and the sea obey him. If you're taking notes, write this down. The power of God in you gives you the ability to walk in supernatural dominion. The power of God in you gives you the ability to walk in supernatural dominion. Why is this power of God so very necessary for every single one of you? Because in order for you to live the life that God has intended for you, in order for you to live the life the way God wanted Adam to live his life, in dominion and authority, you must and you definitely need the power of God operating in your life. If you understand that, say amen. So here you see that when Jesus operated in the power of God, what happened? The devils obeyed him, the demons obeyed him, and not only the devils and demons, but even the wind and the waves obeyed him. Hallelujah. So why do we need the power of God? Three reasons. Number one, since Jesus needed it, we definitely need it. Number one, since Jesus needed it, we definitely need it. We see that Jesus did not do anything that the Father wanted him to do until he received the power of the Spirit until he received the power of the Spirit. So number one, since Jesus needed it, we definitely need it. Number two, why do we need the power of God? To fulfill our purpose and reach our destiny. Every one of you that wants to fulfill God's purpose in your life, in any sphere, in any sphere, sorry, of, 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 uh, um, of life, if you want to fulfill God's purpose in your business, if you want to fulfill God's purpose in your career, if you want to fulfill God's purpose in your family, in your finances, 
whatever it is you must understand to in order for you to fulfill God's purposes in your life and reach the destiny that God has for you you need the power of God you need the power of God you need the power of God and then number 3 why do we need the power of God to be a witness to the world around us to be a witness to the world around us to be a witness to the world around us that's our calling to be a witness to the world around us in the book of acts chapter 4 and verse 33 the bible says and with great power the apostles gave witness of the resurrection of jesus christ not with great knowledge not with great proofs but with great power everyone say great power with great power they gave witness just note this down if you see in the book of acts chapter 16 you see paul and silas were imprisoned and you see the manifestation of the power of god in that particular story and what happened as a result in 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 that particular chapter in um, acts chapter 16 i think if you go all the way to verse 30 The jailer says to them, "Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved?" How did like they didn't preach? They didn't say Jesus is the way. They, they 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 didn't say anything. They knew he knew about his life and all of a sudden when the manifestation of the power of God was evident, he says, "What must I do to be saved?" what must i do to be saved when the power of god begins to operate in your life being a witness becomes the order of the day amen in the book of acts chapter 8 just a couple of verses for you to write down acts chapter 8 and verse 5 onwards he says then philip went down to the city of samaria and preached Christ to them verse 6 and multitudes with one accord had heeded the things spoken by Philip hearing and seeing the miracles which he did for unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed see this is not something that only Jesus did are you understanding that this is not something that only Jesus did This was Philip and because unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed and there was a great joy in that city There was great joy in that city Can we believe for great joy in Hyderabad Not because of a cricket game not because of some music festival not because of a concert not because of some political news but can we believe god for great joy to be in the city of hyderabad because of the manifestation of the power of god the manifestation of the power of god matthew chapter 10 and verse 1 and when he had called his 12 disciples to him he gave them power He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. Jump down to verse 7, same chapter, verse 7. He says, "And as you go preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give." The power of God. The power of God. The power of God. 
So on, in your journey of knowing God, you must know his nature and character. You must know the ways in which he operates. And then you must get to the place where you know his awesome power. Where you know his awesome power. Not just in theory. Not just in theory. You must know the awesome power of God experientially. Experientially. You must speak to unclean spirits. You must speak to demonic things and they must leave your life. You must see the power of God operational in your life. Are you understanding that? You must see the power of God operational in your life. And it's not an impossibility. It's not an impossibility. Just I think two or three days ago, maybe three days ago, we had uh, one of the couples in our church, uh, 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 the, 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 you know, uh, they gave birth to a beautiful uh, uh, a girl. And, and uh, uh, as they were texting me and giving me a testimony of the report, they were saying what the doctors said to them while she was admitted in the hospital and while she was going through the labor pains, the things that the doctor said. And then she refused and she said, no, that's not what's going to happen. Here is what's going to happen. And she began to say out loud what, what, what was going to happen. And guess what? Everything that she spoke, exactly, that's what happened in her life. That's what happened in her life. There were things that were happening and there was not enough fluid and they were going to do a C-section and other things. She said, no, 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 that's not what's going to happen. I'm going to give natural birth. I'm going to deliver this child naturally. And guess what? She gave birth naturally. Right? The doctor said, no, no, no. Based on everything that we know, that's not good. It's not going to happen. So we need to go for the C-section. She says, no, no, no. I'll take care of this. Why? I've got power. You've got power from your medical degree. I've got power from heaven. Are you understanding that? See, that's what you need to be convinced of. The just shall live by faith. You need to begin to walk by faith. Stand to your feet, everybody. You need to begin to walk by faith and, be, and, and know and understand how do you release authority by the words you speak? How do you release this awesome power? By the words you speak. By the words you speak. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. In the mighty name of Jesus. Begin to talk to God. In the mighty name of Jesus, from this day forward, may you receive power from on high. May you receive power from heaven, a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says, and the Holy Spirit came and they received power. Receive power this morning. In the name of Jesus. So, May your life never just stop or end with you knowing theoretical information. May your life not be known as somebody that just has knowledge. May your life be known as somebody that demonstrates the power of God in their life. Hallelujah. Receive that power. 
Rondo no bresete kiremanda, la kraba sokoromanda, ritiremande. Some of you, you're receiving that power afresh this morning. Le kromateremo sokoromande, rekaramateremo sokara. Come on, open your mouth and begin to pray in tongues if you can pray in tongues. Begin to pray in the spirit if you can pray in the spirit. Come on. Receive the power in the name of Jesus. Remember, if you can receive, you can also reject. Don't be somebody that rejects the power of God. Receive the power of God. Receive the power to be successful this week. Receive the power to be successful in your business. Receive the power to make unusual outcomes the order of the day in your business. Unusual outcomes in your career. Unusual outcomes in your education. Unusual outcomes in your career. The power to be a witness to your family. Come on, receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive the power that when you say something, the way it was said of the prophet Samuel, that no word fell to the ground. May that be said of you in the name of Jesus. That when you speak, mountains move. When you speak, demons obey. When you speak, unclean spirits leave. Receive the power to overcome that addiction in your life. Receive that power this morning. Receive the power to overcome that sickness and disease, to trample over the scorpions, to trample over the doctor's report, to trample over every negativity in your life. Receive that power this morning. For those of you who are joining us online, receive that power wherever you are joining us from in the name of Jesus. Pastor, what can this power do? Everything that was made manifest in the life of Jesus, everything that Jesus did, this power of God in your life will enable you to do everything that Jesus did and much more. Everything that Jesus did and much more. Greater works, he said, you shall do when I go to my Father. When shall you do these greater works? When I go to my Father and when you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, when you go and, and work the things that I've commanded you to do, in the power of the Spirit, you shall do great and mighty things. Enough of the oppression of the enemy in your life. Enough of the oppression of the enemy in your life. I declare in the name of Jesus, this will be the last day. This will be the last day that you will ever experience the oppression of the enemy in your life. In the name of Jesus. Never again, never again, never again in the name of Jesus. Never again will you bow your knee to the enemy. Never again will you bow your head in shame because of what the enemy has done. No, you've got the power to lift your head on high. You've got the power to put one step in front of the other. You've got the power to be victorious in your life. You've got the power to overcome every lie of the enemy in your life. By the grace and the power of God operating in your life, you will receive everything that God has for you. You will fulfill the purposes of God. You will reach the divine destiny that God has for your life and you will be a mighty witness in your generation. 
a mighty witness in your generation for the glory of God. I know several of you in this place. I'm telling you, your life will never be the same again. Your life will never be the same again. Your life will never be the same again. Every tear that you've cried because of the work of the enemy in your life. That's the last tear that you've cried. Never again. Never, ever, ever again. Never again. Never again in the name of... If you cry, it will only be tears of joy. It will only be tears of joy. Never again will you cry because of what the enemy is doing in your life. You've got the power of the Most High God. The power of the Most High God. The power of the Most High God. So Hallelujah. 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 So Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for all you have done for your word. We thank you that the entrance of your word brings light. And for this, we give you the praise, glory, and the honor. We thank you, Lord, that we have received fresh power today to do what you've called us to do, to run the race in a way in which we win. And for this, we give you the praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, we pray. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Come on, put your hands together for the glory of God. Hallelujah. And please have a seat for just a few moments. At this time, we're going to worship God through our giving of our tithes and offerings. Um, if you need an offering envelope, the ushers will be walking past you. Uh, you can just simply raise your hand and uh, take an offering envelope from them. If you'd like to take care of things online, um, the QR code and all the account details are available on the screen. Uh, if you are having a hard time scanning the QR code on the screen, the, uh, you can ask the ushers. They have laminated cards as well that where you can quickly scan the QR code and it will be made easier for you. For those of you who are joining us online as well, I, don't, I want you to uh, take part in the worshiping of God through the giving of your tithes and offerings at this time. Very, very quickly, I just want to give you an update regarding the project that we have uh, introduced last week. I told you that um, not only have we, uh, um, you know, uh, finished the, the, the remodeling of, of SN Gardens. Many of you have been there. Many of you have seen all the changes that have taken place there. Uh, but the next phase of uh, putting that place uh, together was that we were going to buy all the equipment, all the sound, uh, the mixers, the speakers, uh, the light, the... LED screen and all the other components that are uh, needed to make that a place where we can have our services anytime that we want without having to rent uh, all the equipment and also to make it a broadcasting center for us to be able to broadcast the word from that place on a much more regular basis. And the, um, the budget for that was 
50 lakhs. I just introduced it last week. And then some of you already started giving towards that. Many of you, I believe, will start giving today. But some of you began to give even during last week. And the update is that out of the 50 lakhs, uh, 5.75 lakhs has already come in towards that particular project. And we give God praise and glory and honor for that, which means we're slightly over 11.5, so uh, slightly over 10% has already come in, which means we've only got 90% to go or uh, 89% to go so, uh, or so to speak. So every one of you, again, no pressure in this church. Uh, there's never ever a pressure to give, but there's always an opportunity for you to give and sow into the things of God. Amen. Let me read a scripture for you. Uh, Isaiah chapter 45 Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 3 in the NLT. Isaiah 45 and verse 3. Um, it says, And I will give you treasures. This is God speaking. And He says, I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness. Secret riches. Everyone say secret riches. So God says, I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches. I will do this. Now look at why he will do it. I will do this so you may know that I am the Lord. There are hidden treasures. There, are, there is money, there is wealth in secret places that you do not know. And here's the promise of the Lord. God says, I will give those treasures to you. The treasures that are hidden, I will give them to you. And he says, I will do this so you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by, the one who calls you by name. Always remember this, there is always a reward with our giving. There's always a reward. In fact, giving is God's reward system in the kingdom of God. That's a reward system in the kingdom of God. The Bible says, that's why he said in Deuteronomy, he's given us the power. Everyone say power. He says he's given us the power, the ability to get wealth. Now, which means if it's the power that is coming from him, that means there must be unusual outcomes in the area of finances. Unusual outcomes in the area of finances. Are you understanding that? And so I want, as you give today, I don't want you to give uh, as a person that is powerless. I don't want you to give with a natural humanistic understanding. I want you to give as a person that has the promises of God and a reward in their future as a result of their giving. Amen. So as you give in faith, as you're standing in faith and seeking first the kingdom of God, maybe you thought you'll use that money for something else. And now it is time for you to make a decision and go before God and say, God, what is seed and what is bread? What is seed and what is bread? What is for sowing and what is for my eating? Are you understanding that? And whatever you do, Whatever he tells you to do, do it. And whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. And you will receive the reward for your giving. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. All right. So let us continue to stand in faith for those of you who are joining us online. Even if you are joining us from other places, uh, 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 all of this technology, everything that is being bought, you are one of the main recipients and, and beneficiaries of all of this uh, uh, taking place and all of this being used. So I want to encourage you to do the same and give into the work and in the kingdom of God. Amen. Gracious Heavenly Father, I pray. As we give into your storehouse, as we give towards this particular project, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus uh, that, Lord, all needs will be taken care of according to your riches in glory, Father. And in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, be it unto your people according to your word. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. And everyone said, 
Amen and amen. Ashish, you may go ahead and receive the people's giving. As you give, please turn your attention to the screens to uh, see what took place in Ballari. ಪ್ರತಿಯೊಕ್ಕರಿಗೆ ವಿಶ್ವಾಸ ನಿಮ್ಮನ್ನು ಎಲ್ಲ ಪರಿಸ್ಥಿತಿಗಳಿಂದ ಬಿಡುಗಡೆ ಮಾಡುತ್ತೆ ಎಂಬುದಾಗಿ ಮತ್ತು ದಾವರ್ತಿ ನಾನು ಗ್ರಹಿಸಿದ್ದೇನೆ ಈ ಒಂದು ದೈವ ಸೇವಕರ ಮುಖಾಂತರ ಅನೇಕ ಮತ್ತು ವಾಕ್ಯಗಳ ಮುಖಾಂತರ ನನ್ನ ಆಶೀರ್ವಾದ ಹೊಂದಿಕೊಂಡಿದ್ದೇನೆ ಮತ್ತು ಅನೇಕ ಆಳವಾದಂಥ ಮರ್ಮಗಳನ್ನು ನಾನು ತಿಳಿದುಕೊಂಡಿದ್ದೇನೆ ದೇವರ ಸ್ತೋತ್ರ ಅವರ ಸೇವಕರನ್ನು ಸಹ ಆಶೀರ್ವಾದ ಮಾಡಿದ್ದೇನೆ Praise God what he has done in Balari. God is going to do much more in the upcoming mission trips. Uh, so please turn your attention towards the screen for a couple of announcements. We have a couple of mission trips that are going to starting this, start this week as pastors have said. Please make sure you take down the dates. Any other questions you can reach to the service desk. They can help you with all the dates and how. If you can serve in any shape or form, please do reach out to our missions team. Um, we have our sunday services at 8 am is our english service and 10:30 is our telugu service it's right here at sandhya and we have the women's meet and greet coming up on feb the 3rd coming saturday on 7 at 7 pm right here at sandhya and we have a women's corner i request all the women uh, to stop by and have fellowship with uh, your uh, with other women and get to know other women more in the ministry we have 21 days fasting and prayer coming up that's starting on feb 4th to feb 24th at 7 pm it's in sn gardens please make sure you be there in person earlier we have heard a testimony of a precious sister you can see uncommon acceleration you can results in these fasting and prayers we have a 7th anniversary coming up on feb the 25th so we have an assignment to call 10 people so make sure you you have made your calls and you invite people your near and dear ones uh, to our 7th anniversary we have a mission trip coming up to africa in march so please make sure on your way out if you are interested if you want to know more details the team is uh, team is will be helpful will be helping you to give you all the details required we have a hiring 
for video editor and graphic designer in our church if you are interested on your way out please make sure you go to the sign up desk and you get all the details that you need do we have any new visitors at this time first time visitors if you're here for the first time can you please rise to your feet can we all welcome these precious people church thank you for joining us uh, on your way out we have the first visitor booth please remain standing for a minute when our rushers are coming and pastor comes by thank you hallelujah come on let's put our hands together one more time for all the visitors thank you so very much for coming and joining us today uh, please have a seat once you've gotten the cards you may have a seat please fill out those cards and on your way out there is a first time visitors counter uh, and or area uh, please go there and there are a couple of things that we would like to speak to you and give you and pray for you and be a blessing to you in any way that we can one of the things that i ask of you is that for the next 5 weeks if you're in the 100 kilometer radius of Hyderabad then uh, for the next five weeks I want you to make sure that you don't miss church make sure that you're in the house of the Lord make sure and again starting next Sunday we're starting fasting prayers attend those prayers why do I say five weeks because I believe if you can come for five weeks and hear the word of the Lord and get have your mind renewed by the truth of the word of God I believe that your life will never be the same again amen and so that's what we're believing God for you and we believe the best is yet to come in your life come on church let's appreciate that one more time thank you so very much if you're joining us online and if you are joining us for the very first time maybe somebody sent you the link or whatever the case may be I want you to do the same wherever you are from I want you to make sure that you join us for the next five weeks receive the word and become the person that God has called you to be amen all right let's stand to our feet are you glad that you came to church today I'm glad I came and I'm glad you came all right, let's lift our hands to heaven. Gracious Heavenly Father, once again, we surrender our lives as we make our way out uh, uh, from this hall, but not from your presence. Lord, continue to speak, continue to shape us, continue to mold us into the image of your dear Son. Lord, I pray your divine blessing, supernatural protection, and your grace upon the lives of every person under the sound of my voice. May every family be blessed, every child be blessed. I declare sickness and disease is far away from every single one of them. I declare that your favor goes before them and makes every crooked path straight. That your face shines upon them. That your presence is always experienced by them. And Lord, this week I pray that the power of the Most High will overshadow them. That the power of the Holy Spirit will be at manifestation in the lives of every single person under the sound of my voice. I declare in the name of Jesus, unusual outcomes are your portion in every single area of your life. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Come on, put your hands together for the glory of God. Be blessed everybody. And we look forward to seeing you again next Sunday. Prepare yourselves for a time of fasting and prayer. It starts next Sunday, 4th to the 24th. Be blessed. I hope you were blessed by the word today. Be sure to subscribe and share this with your family and friends. If you'd like to sow into this ministry, the details are provided in the description. For more information on how to reach us or contact us, do visit our website www.newcityhyd.in I will see you again next time. Be blessed.